Hey guys, my guest tonight, John Olson, is going to be talking about ghosts and other legends from around the world. I'll be right back. Grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? Monday, start the week. Here we go again. Another week ahead of us. Going to rain this week. Winter's coming. Anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 45 strong up and down the state. And what that means is that if you think you might have a paranormal need, whether it's a house or business, we can help you out. It might take us a couple days to get to you because California is a huge state, but we can get to you. In the event that it takes a couple days to get to you, we do have mediums on staff who can phone you and talk about talk to you about what may or may not be going on. And in a lot of the cases, if there is something going on, then they could settle down the energy until we get out there. But uh, like I said, it won't it won't take more than a couple of days for us to to talk you know to get to you, especially after the initial email. Now, you can find California Haunts on Facebook under California Haunts. Raise this a little bit. Um, under California Haunts, you can find us under California Haunts Radio. You can find us under Sacramento Sears, and that's S E E R S, as in Greek Sears. Okay. Uh, you can also find us over at TikTok under California Haunts. You can find us on Twitter under California Haunts, on Twitch under Cal Haunts, and over at Instagram under Ghosty Gal, and that's all overcase. All right. That being said, before we start, we've got a great show lined up for you today. Before we start out, if you're watching from Facebook and you like what you see in here, please feel free to hit that follow button if you haven't done so already. And uh, throw, 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 throw me some love, throw, throw me some likes, throw me some happy faces, things like that. And be sure to comment in the chat room because what that does is it puts us higher in the, it, it brings us more noticeable to Facebook. And they'll put us higher, but they call the FYP, which gets us out to more people. Okay. And that's the other thing. If you like what you see and there's people in your house or whatever, or you're out with your friends, tell them about us. Come on over, listen to the show, watch the show. Then, same thing with YouTube. I only over there, we've got over, or more than, I'm a journalist, gotta watch what I'm saying, more than 780 videos in all this show, <laughs> all different topics from this show, over at YouTube. And I, I put them into categories so you guys can check them out at your convenience. And, you know, and, 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 like if you if you want to look at UFOs or or Nancy Mass or whatever, they've got their own category. Okay. Same thing on YouTube though. If you haven't done so already and you like what you hear and see today, please be sure to hit that subscribe button. You know we're doing shows Sunday through Friday, all different topics. So it's it's, it's pretty fun, pretty fun. And again, um, show, show me some love, me some thumbs up, some happy faces, and all that, because again that puts us higher up in the FYP over at YouTube. And, it, and YouTube works similar to Facebook, and that they will distribute this out farther okay all right that being said um, my, my guest tonight has written several books uh they're all fascinating and i think i'm gonna let him tell you about himself because it's a lot easier for me to it. 
uh, John Olson. I'm, I've been really eager to have him on, and uh, let's bring him in. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. This is great. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you tell so me, much. Tell me about you, sir. So uh, my name's John Olson. I'm the author of the Stranger Bridgeland book series. And um, it's currently, I currently have seven books out. My latest just came out um, the end of August. So it hasn't been out too long. That one's called Stranger World. And um, I've been collecting stories and interviewing people uh, since I was 17. So just about 30 years now. Um, and it's, it's just been fascinating to be able to interview people from all over the world and um, just a little bit about what got me started in all of this. Uh, sure. I, I grew up in a house that was built in 1883 here in northern Utah, and it was very paranormally active. And so as a kid um, growing up, I had all kinds of experiences. In fact, my parents still live there, so I've had experiences basically my whole life there mm -hmm. dealing with the paranormal and ghosts everything from heavy footsteps to full body apparitions and things moving and things disappearing and um, just really strange, crazy things. And as a kid, you know, um, my parents didn't want us to talk about it outside of the family because <laughs> they were afraid people were going to think we were weird. Of um, course. Of course. And so what I did was I just dove in and read and learned everything I possibly could about the paranormal. And I've actually been doing that my whole life. Um, there's so much out there to learn and uh, to understand, and I'm still learning new things all the time. So by the time I was a teenager, I've ha I had had friends who had experiences in the house. And I had to admit, yeah, I, my house is haunted. And then... What happened was I started telling my story. My friends wanted me to tell scary stories. And, mm -hmm. and then before long, people started bringing me their stories. And then not too long after that, I started, you know, hunting down the stories. And um, it kind of grew from there. And then after my first book, which was called Stranger Bridgerland, and why I called it Stranger Bridgerland is um, the northern part of Utah, southern part of Idaho and a little bit into Wyoming was um, the first um, white man to come in and um, I guess map all of that was Jim Bridger, very famous uh, mountain man. And so that area is called Bridgerland kind of after him. And so I named it after and named the first book after him in the series, basically, because it started in this area. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by, you know, by it your background, because I mean, I, I grew up in a haunted house as well, which is what got me into being a paranormal investigator, you mm -hmm. know, in the end, when you were out, you know, looking into these stories, were people apprehensive about talking to you about them? You know, um, it, at first, yeah. Um, when I had to hunt them down and find, find out, you know, from first person, because it was important to me that I got all of my stories first person, you know, cause there's a mm -hmm. lot of stories out there that, you know, oh, this happened to my uncle's brother's cousin, you know, and right. But, but I think when I was able to share my story and they understood that I was coming from a place where um, I had experienced the paranormal, mm -hmm. uh, they felt more comfortable sharing with me. And I think that 
later on now, um, you know, now that it's very prevalent on television and a lot of people, you know, they like to ghost hunt. They like to do, you know, all of this. I think there's a lot less of a stigmatism around it. You know, people are less afraid of being called loony or whatever, (laughs) where when I first, you know, started learning about it in the early, I guess when I was really young and it was the early eighties, there Mm -hmm. was this, you know, this thing where people would definitely judge you and it's not necessarily like that anymore. You think the TV show has had a lot to do with that? I think that that has helped. Yeah. Um, and, and I honestly believe that, you know, a lot of the, especially um, certain television shows have both helped and hurt in a lot of, you know, kind of ways. Um, but one way that it has helped is the, you know, people who have had experiences feel um, a lot more safe about sharing those stories with me. Mm-hmm. And with other people. And um, I've always uh, allowed people, you know, if they want to, I'll change their name or I might tweak where it was just so, you know, they, if they feel more comfortable that way. But the more I go along, the more people are, are okay with their name and, and everything. So it's been, it's been pretty, pretty fun. I agree with you. When I first started 18 years ago doing this, I remember you. It was, it was like walking on, on eggs to talk to people because they attacked They thought you were this. But then when the TV shows came out, it started to loosen up a little bit. And then, but but like you say, certain TV shows kind of caused a problem. And I remember having to go into the city hall at this, in this town that we were going to investigate this opera house, and I had to tell them, "Well, we're going to do some filming. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not like a TV production; just video cameras running around there. You know, I want to let you guys know." And she says, oh, are you going to be jumping out of windows? And I said, well, no. <laughs> and I said, and I know where you got that from. No, we aren't, we aren't like them. You know? So, yeah, I agree with you yeah. 100% of that. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And the biggest thing I think that that kind of as a detriment has been um, trying to explain to people that their um, security cameras are not always picking up ghosts it's actually you know dirt that's floating and and trying to convince people of that because of certain television shows can be hard but but yeah i i I totally understand what you're talking about so i remember those days you know you sit there and nobody wants to think they have a dusty house this is the key right nobody wants to admit and i remember going you know they would be hovering over my shoulders, you know, looking at the monitors, and they'd be like, oh, my God, do you see that? And I said, no, it's dust. And they would look at you and go, well, no, it's not dust. Yeah. I said, no, it's dust. So what I would do is I would march into their bedroom or whatever we had the camera on, and then I'd stomp around a little bit. Oh, and this, yeah. The, then the, 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 the orb storm would start, right? You know, and then that's what convinced them that, oh, yeah, you're right. Those are ghosts, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, it, it, but that's what it's like. I mean, that's even now uh, investigators face that stuff with people because – they want it to be haunted so bad. Right. Yeah. And, 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 it's like... and and sometimes it just, there's just, there's natural explanations for it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, so, like you say, some people are happy when, when you can explain that. And some people are disappointed when you explain yes. that. So, yes. The other thing is all that uh, fancy equipment. When you go yeah. up, because I mean, we, we have some of that stuff, but I mean, we don't have all that kind of money to blow on that really cool stuff, you know? Right. And um, when we walk in, sometimes people are disappointed. 
Yeah. Because, you know, that's what we're using is it, it, it is like we don't, I mean, like I said, we have a couple of those items that the high end items, but we don't have the rest mm-hmm. of it's all the basic stuff like from the old days, you know, and the people kind of, all right, I thought you'd have this and that and have this. And like, no, no. <laughs> well, or do you run into, or do you, do, you, do you run into people that, like with me as a ghost hunter, I run into people that already know how to ghost hunt, right? From watching mm-hmm. it on TV. Yeah, I, I do. And, you know, I don't I don't have a group and I don't necessarily go out ghost hunting. But, of course, this time of year, um, I have um, I'm always in contact with some of the local ones. And right. my wife and I get invited to go out and and go do that. And um, it's really interesting because um, I'll have people contact me and they will need help. They'll like need honest help. Right. And so I have my. Um, you know, a few groups that I feel comfortable, um, you know, getting them in contact with if I'm not able to to help them at the time. And mm-hmm. because I explain, I sp- explain it like this. And again, it goes back to the television stuff where, um, you know, if you had a, if you had a infestation of hornets in your house and the exterminator just came in and threw rocks at it and then left. That would be a terrible mm-hmm. exterminator. Absolutely. But that's what you see on TV is they just right. go in and stir things up and then leave. Right. But, but uh, yeah, I definitely have groups that I work with and feel very comfortable with. And because, because of my books and stuff, I have a lot of people that will come to me with, with problems. And, and, and sometimes, like you say, we can explain it off as natural and sometimes, you know, they need real help. And so it's great to have groups, uh, you know, like, like yours has a great reputation too, that Thank you can you. actually turn to for help. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell me about your books. Cause I'm interested you know, in studying this stuff, you know, from your perspective, you know, there's ghost legends over here. There's ghost legends in Europe. What is the biggest difference between what, what, you know, how people look at ghosts in Europe as opposed to how they look at them here? Well, in, in what's, What's interesting that way is the fact that, you know, how folklore plays a big part into it. Uh-huh. Um, between here and Europe, there's not as big of a difference. Um, uh-huh. They have they have different, different, I don't want to say different types. It's the same uh-huh. kind of hauntings. But like back then or over in England and stuff, they will have things like um, uh, uh, um, Roman soldiers that they see or stuff like that. Where, you know, here in the United States, depending upon where, you know, in the West here, mm-hmm. it can be anything from like um, people from the 1800s to mm-hmm. um, even some Native American um, mm-hmm. ghosts. But as you go all over the world, there's um, there are definitely places that are a lot different. Um, Japan, for example, um, they mm-hmm. have a very dark kind of feel with their ghosts yes. that seeing a ghost is never a good thing in in, in their culture <laughs> right um and in south america is a little bit they're a little bit more accepting um of the paranormal which is kind of nice because they're actually a lot um more open to share their stories and not only with ghosts but you know some things that when i first started i never thought i would get stories about like uh-huh. um the Fae, or uh, and in particular, in my last book, um, I interviewed a woman through her daughter because she didn't speak English, but um, that who had had as a kid a um, interaction with a Duende, which is a small elf type creature, 
you know, in, in, in Mexico. So, you know, all, you know, all over the world, it's just a little bit different uh, with how they see the paranormal. And yet um, some of the experiences are the same, which also kind of blows me away that, that people all the way on the other side of the world are having very similar experiences to people here. You know, I admire you for what you do because you're learning so much. And that's what's important with this field too, is to learn as much as possible about uh, you know different types of cultures and stuff. And I, I just totally admire you. Now, I was in England, and I must—I'm not going to say I did recently. I mean, I'm not going to say how old I am because I'm old. Um, <laughs> but I was there when I was in like 11 or 12, and I remember touring a lot of these haunted castles. You know, a lot of these haunted estates. And back then, I even found it interesting. Before, like I said, my house is active anyway, but seeing the differences between what was going on in my house and the stories from from this from these castles and it was quite the education so that's why i admire you for doing what you're doing oh, thank you i appreciate that yeah it's <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun to talk to people and and again like finding out that people are having the same experiences in say england or around the world that um that people here in the United States or in, in, and even across the United States is having, whether that's, um, like I said, you know, ghosts or, you know, doppelgangers or right. you know, all kinds of strange things like that. So what do you think is one of the most, well, like you talk about similar experiences, what do you think is one of the most frequent exper experiences for people that, that, that you've run into all over the world? Um, you know, ghost stories are probably, um, probably at the top that's probably what i get the most of is mm -hmm. is ghost experiences and um then you know from there you break it down to um whether it's an you know an interactive spirit or mm -hmm. whether it's just um a uh it's lost me but the one that plays over and over again whether somebody's there or not right right um, right okay. and uh so yeah i think those are probably the most um the most that I get, then probably maybe UFOs too as well um, are high on the list. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, some that are actually get, seem to be getting more, like a lot more are what I call glitches in the matrix or things that happen that they can't explain that aren't necessarily ghosts or attributed mm -hmm. to something. So um, those seem to be a little bit more frequent, but, or it's either more frequent or people are more, um, apt to tell their story now about it, but sure, sure. Yeah. So, what story stands out to you in this book that you wrote? Mm -hmm. I did read it. Great book. I, I love. Oh. I love cover to cover. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, when when you look back on, on you know all these cases or these things in this book, which one stands out to you the most? Oh, you know, there's 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 so many of them out there that <laughs> that I love. Um. One that really kind of stood out to me um, and and kind of got my, you know, I guess, you know, it takes a lot to get me, you know, the goosebumps going. But when I was interviewing the lady um, and it was called Not My Mother, I don't know if you remember that one or not, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, where uh, she lived in the Northeast, uh, grew up there. And as a young girl around Halloween time, um, she was she got up in the middle of the night to use the the bathroom and she had to pass her parents room and kind of go by through the living room which was um 
like the living room and the kitchen were kind of an open concept mm -hmm. there. And as she walked through, she noticed her mother was just sitting on the couch in the dark. And she was a little creeped out by that. But she hurried into the bathroom and then came out and asked her mother if she was okay. And her mother just looked at her just so angrily, you know, just really super mean, which was not like her mother at all. Uh -huh. And then her mother got up and, and walked to the kitchen and gave her almost a growl, you know, kind of a mean growl look and, and sound and then opened the back door and, and left. So she, you know, was freaked out. She's worried about her mom, what's going on. So she could runs to her parents' room and to, to get her dad. And when she flings the door open, both her mom and dad are still in bed. Her mom's wow. still in bed. And, and she looks, you know, and she just crumples to the ground crying. She wasn't very old at the time and, uh, tells her parents what's going on. Her dad runs out and there's, can't find anything, but the back door is open. So, uh -huh. and, um, so it was something that really affected her for a long time. And the house, you know, I asked her if they had had any other experiences in the house. And she said, no, my house wasn't haunted, but I had this experience and, and I know I wasn't dreaming, even though, you know, it sounds like I was, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it was enough to, to make it. So I think she was, she had grown up and moved out of the house before she would get up in the middle of the night to, to leave her bedroom. So, but that one, that one definitely stood out to me. And, when I was interviewing her, talking to her, you know, I, I could feel, you know, she was transported right back there and it, you know, was very frightening to her. So that's interesting because I was just, well, while you were talking about that, I had an experience here with my mother. I think she had just had her stroke a few days before this. And I used to sleep out on the couch because I, I dressed because you never knew. Because my mother was in her 80s, right? So you have to get right. up, haul, haul your butt out to the hospital. And I woke up and I saw and I saw her standing, well, what I thought was her, standing like about 10 feet away from me by our center divider. And I got up and I'm, I was looking at her and I said, Mom, what's going on? And she turned around and started walking the other way. By the time I got to the hallway door that went to the kitchen, she was gone. So oh, wow. I go walking down the hallway, and she's sleeping in bed. Wow. So I, to this day, I don't know if it was one of my aunts, because I don't. one of my aunts looks similar to her. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if it was one of my aunts, or if it was my mother just had an out-of-body you know, out experience or something. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, both, both, both of my parents are currently on hospice. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And, wow. um, yeah. And, <clears throat> excuse me. When I go visit them now, every once in a while, they'll, I'll ask them if anybody's visited and they'll say, oh, yeah, my dad came and saw me or, you know, and mm -hmm. but grandpa's been gone for 25 years. And sure. he goes, I know he still comes to see me. So it's kind of interesting when, it when is. people are close to the veil. Well, it is. In this room where I'm sitting right now it was my dad's bedroom. Until until the day he, until, well, he went to the hospital and died at the hospital. But, but until the day that they took him for the last time at the hospital. And there's a bathroom back there behind all the screens, and there's a mirror there. And he would tell me, I'd, I'd go in there in the morning to check on him, and he'd say, you know, I had a visitor last night again. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, when I look in that mirror, I can see a woman passing back and forth. 
in front of the mirror. He says, I, I think it's my sister. Mm. So bless my dad's soul. He says, you know what? Bring your cameras and set them up. <laughs> and I had, I, I set up the DVR and gave him a you know, EMF meter, you know, gave him a digital voice recorder and a notebook. And he sat there all night. And I get in the next morning. He goes, no one showed up last night. We had oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was so disappointed. Yeah. But yeah, he would talk about it all the time that, that he had a visitor here all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really interesting. That's, isn't that, it, it, it's kind of amazing because not too long ago, I just interviewed um, a, a woman who, um, it's actually for the next book that I'm working on, but mm -hmm. she talked about when she was a little girl, <clears throat> she was really close to her grandma and her grandma had gotten really sick and everybody was helping take care of her. And her grandma lived a couple about a mile away or so. And in the middle of the night, her mom got her and said, you know, we got to go down and um, say goodbye to grandma, you know. And I think she was like nine or 10 at the time. So she kind of understood, but kind of didn't. So they go down <clears throat> and she walks into the room, you know, to see grandma. She's mm -hmm. lying in bed and she recognizes her mom and dad. And, and I think it was an aunt, but there's a man in the room that she didn't recognize. And he's just standing, you know, near the end of the bed. And <clears throat> so she says goodbye to grandma. And then her mom takes her out and puts her on the couch to fall asleep while everybody else is kind of doing the vigil thing. And mm -hmm. she wakes up and her grandma's waking her up. And and she's like, oh, hi, grandma. Are you, you know, are you, you feeling better? And she, and her grandma was like, I'm just, just here to tell you goodbye. I've got to go. And the man that had been by the bed was with grandma and she's like, you know, oh, who's with you? And and she's like, oh, this is, this is grandpa, you know, and introduced them and then they left and then she went back to sleep and, you know, she told her mom the next morning, but her, obviously her grandma had passed uh -huh, and she uh -huh. didn't, she'd never seen a picture of her grandpa who had passed away many years before she was born, but she picked him out of a picture and said, oh yeah, that's who was wow. with grandma. And so it was kind of a, a sweet, nice story, Absolutely. you know? So it's really fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I read about uh, a, a case that involved a driver or a car, if I remember right in the book. Can you tell me about oh, that? Yeah. So that's actually, um, um, I got contacted um, by this gentleman who I used to work with. Um, we kept in contact and he's like, man, I've got a story for your book. And I said, yeah. And he was in, Cal he lived in California at the time and he was uh, a delivery driver in the morning. So he'd go out really early and deliver to these different places. And I don't have it in front of me and I can't remember the name of the highways, but <clears throat> he was driving on the highway early in the morning, like three o'clock. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden there's some lights behind him from a car. And it kept, you know, zooming up on him and then backing off and, and zooming up. And he'd try and slow down so they'd pass and they wouldn't pass. And he, they were coming up to the intersection um, where these highways cross. <clears throat> and he's like, well, he can either pass me there or get off. Uh -huh. And when they got there, the, the lights just disappeared. And he, they didn't leave. They didn't pass. They just disappeared. <coughs> Excuse me, I've got a little tickle in my throat. Um, and later on that day, as he was coming back, um, he stopped at a gas station to get a little something to eat. He was done for the day, but it was early. And 
there were some old guys having coffee in the little shop and he heard the one guy tell the other guy, he's like, Oh yeah. Um, I saw James Dean the other day. He was chasing me again. And he was like, he had to find out what they were talking about. So he asked what they were talking about and he told them what had happened. And, and they said, Oh yeah, that's James Dean. That's where um, he was driving his car. And sometimes he will do that. He'll yeah. drive up and, and won't pass you. And then um, he disappears at that, that, that part in the road, because that's where he crashed. That's where he crashed his car. And so he was like, holy cow, that's, he didn't realize it was a paranormal experience, but it was kind of really kind of a cool one. (laughs) (laughs) That is a cool one. Yeah. Who would have figured? Who would have figured? Yep. So which country, you know, after having done your research, which country do you feel has the most uh, ghost stuff going on? Do you think? Oh boy. You know, I think everywhere in the, around the world does. Um, uh-huh. And it's interesting too, because I'll, I'll meet somebody and, and they'll talk, you know, we'll talk about books and they'll be like, Oh, you got to come to my area. Cause you know, there's all kinds of ghost stories there, but I, I probably would have to say um, my favorite. And the one that I would like to go to would be Northern England and Scotland with all of the, the um, castles and everything there. Um, I think that, I think those are really kind of famous ghosts and kind of, you know, the Moors and all of that. Mm -hmm. I think that would probably be my favorite and probably one of the more haunted places I would imagine. So, Yeah, that brought to mind the Lone Piper. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That story is so sad. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Please continue. I cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're okay. I was just going to say – that um it's just it, it's interesting too because i've i've actually reached out when i was doing this book which was all around the world i was mm-hmm. trying to fill in some gaps that i kind of wanted and i contacted some uh castles all over europe and um all i wanted to do was see if they had any staff that would like to share their stories mm-hmm. and it was funny because there's there's a lot of them that embrace that and they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah you know and there are some that were like our our castle is not haunted please don't tell anybody our castle is haunted <laughs> and I'm like I won't if it's not I won't you know it's fine but it it's just interesting how people react that way and, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. some people are I, I don't know they either don't believe it or don't want that stigma I don't know when it comes to because a lot of the castles in England especially that's a big draw if they yes. have ghost stories to it, yes. you know? So. But I think there are places that don't want the ghost hunters there, you know, that, that type of, that type of people, you right. know, coming in. So, so maybe that's it. Now, one thing, you know, I, I've done research over there too, uh, you know, looking into stuff because I've been wanting to get back and maybe do some ghost thing over there. A lot of sad stories in those castles, a lot of, lo- you know, lost loves and things like that. Yeah. It, it for some reason that creates that energy that makes you know ghosts and <clears throat> i think that a lot of those too because the deaths are are surrounded with so much um mm-hmm. sadness i think it makes it really attached to the area because there's a lot of stories around the world about women in white who you know, died on their wedding day or near their wedding day. And Mm -hmm. they, they wander because, you know, they had waited so long to get married and, 
the tragedy that happened and um so that that's one you know that seems to be all, uh, around the world a lot um you have right. different stories of ladies in white or even some with ladies in red or you know and mm -hmm. and the sad stories attached to those um, it's it's, it's kind of cool that that jumps all over and it's it's one of those stories that seems to resonate with people mm -hmm. absolutely so when you think about it you know when you think about the the ghostly activity over there and whatnot which which one of those countries i mean well, you know, ireland scotland you know uh england obviously uh, which one of those countries do you think probably has more activity than the others um you know it's probably got to be england um and the reason i think that anyway is <clears throat> one of the other things that i love is history like if i'm if i'm doing something and i need something in the background i will put on a documentary about you know this part of history and just the other day i was reading about the fact that the number of people that were that were burned at the stake during the reformation in, in right. europe and stuff i think there is a lot of tragic deaths um that happened in england that um you know you find a lot of stories about that throughout you know all of english history and so i would almost say england probably and scotland's probably right up there with it as well but i'm sure that all through europe you have the same kind of thing i know that one of my favorite stories that i didn't personally collect but i read um in you know in uh, the northern part of england there is a big inn that uh, part of the wall uh, that the inn was built on was part of hadrian's wall and um there was a story about one of the maintenance guys was in the basement working on the uh, um, electricity and all of a sudden um, a soldier walks out of one wall and across and through the other wall and um the, and then all of a sudden an entire column of roman wow. soldiers walk through including horses and everything and he sees this and you know he's in shock and runs up but the one thing that he noticed was all of them were um very like they're up to their knees in the dirt as they walk through but he didn't realize and, and he didn't find out till later that the road was two feet down they put dirt on it so the road they were walking on was actually two feet under the dirt which would explain why he could only see from the knees up on the dirt as they went through but because of stories like that you know i would love to just go to do a tour of um, england my mother is from denmark so i have i have family in denmark and um, i'd love to go through there as well some famous fun castles there too and haunted manors and i could mm -hmm. spend a year in europe going through oh, all yeah. oh yeah i agree with that 100 percent. absolutely yeah. especially you know now with me because i'm an empath and I didn't really realize how, I mean, because I, I would see stuff when I was a kid, but I, you know, you, you never think, oh, I'm sorry, I have this going on, right, until you're older. And yeah. now that I know what I know, I would just love to go to, to see to see what I can pick up on when, when I am there. Because yeah. I just wonder as a kid, because I, you know, 12 years old, I remember getting like, real heavy feelings as I was going through some of these castles. So that was probably, you know, the, the gift, and I didn't realize what I had. Yeah. Yep, I, that makes a lot of sense, so for sure.
<laughs> what about negativity? Let's talk a little bit about negative entities. Okay. Um, stories that you heard. So <clears throat> I have I have a few um, stories of those. One thing that I, I try to avoid is um, I try to avoid stories about um, Ouija boards and stuff like that just because sure. I don't like to steer people in that direction. Mm-hmm. I did do, write a couple, and uh, one in particular I did. And and I wrote these stories in the books because um, the people that I interviewed wanted to make sure they were words of warning, which I was perfectly <laughs> okay with. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so one, um, this woman I interviewed, and when she was um, in her late teens, her boyfriend convinced her to go over to... Um, I think it was his stepdad's house. Had stepdad's house. Nobody was home, mm-hmm. so it was her and her boyfriend and um, a friend and his girlfriend that were there. And the boys convinced him to to do this with the Ouija board and um, started out innocently enough. And then before long, they started hearing footsteps. Um, the girls tried to stop, and the boys just kept going. And then they, she started seeing shadows you know, running from place to place in the house. And eventually one of them was even attacked where they were pushed down and scratched. And um, it was just horrible, horrible experience with an evil entity that started out telling them one thing. I think that was that they were a child or something and then Mm -hmm. laughing at them later that they believed them. I mean, it was just really a horrible experience. And, um, And so, you know, her thing, whole thing was, you know, tell your readers make sure they know i say just don't touch that (laughs) but um that was one definitely that was very dark um not too long ago actually this fall i had a good friend of mine that contacted me and um their daughter was having problems health problems Uh it started as really bad health problems and then they lived out in the country they live out in the country and they said um, they started seeing this dark entity out in uh, there's an abandoned um, barn behind their house and they would see it and you would just see the outline of it with glowing red eyes. And it seemed to be very interested in this young girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you may know, um, when you're going through health problems and stuff like that, the entities can say attach or think that oh there's a weakness and i can exploit this and i can you know there's so much tension for because of the sickness that they kind of feed off that and so um i went out you know to talk to them and 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 do some stuff and help them and and they even they even showed me that one night she was um in the bedroom and her dog started growling at the window and her window is on the second floor. So it's pretty far off the ground, but she could see these red eyes and, and there was a big bang, you know, on the window and she screamed and parents came in and then they showed me on the window was three claw marks that had scratched through the, the screen, just perfect three like that. And so I knew, you know, that was, the give all that you know it's something really bad mm-hmm. and so between me and a, a group that i had come out you know do some stuff with the family help them 
they were able to get past that. She's still having some some physical difficulties because of her mm-hmm. sickness, but um, you know, it was nice to be able to help her and and you know, through when it, when I help somebody, I, I you know, I explain it like this. Um, if I'm helping somebody and they're a Catholic family, I'm not going to send a rabbi to help them. Right, right. You know, you're going to work through what their belief system is and what, you know, everything like that. So we were able to do that with them and, and help them and get a lot of um, kind of closure and a lot of relief from that so they could focus on that, the, mm-hmm. the health part. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to say after like three months, it's not come back. But that was one that was definitely really scary for the family. And when I was there, I could just feel, you know, <clears throat> something bad out there. But they're really interesting. I really have cons- have a thing against uh, Ouija boards. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a game. And yet the stores sell them as kids' toys. They even sell a version for girls that's pink. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And they it's do. just. It's just unbelievable because parents will think they're a toy, buy them for their kid. The next thing you know, there's stuff about you know, bouncing around their walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the same way about them, but that's how I feel about them. And yeah, I just wish there was a way to stop the sale of those things. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that as well. Yeah, it's, I'm one of the things that I've done over my lifetime is also I'm a woodworker and I make things you know, various different things for people. And I've had several times had people offer me a lot of money to make them a custom Ouija board. And I was like, nope, won't do it. <laughs> Not enough money in the world to have me build that for you. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, yeah. I, I feel the same way. So cool. 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 Yeah. So uh, we have about 15 minutes left. So are there any stories that you would like to tell us that we, that, you know, that are in that book that we haven't discussed yet. Well, you know, I'd love to tell two stories that happened to me. They're actually on a little bit okay. earlier books, but okay, <clears throat> they're personal to me. So I, sure. I kind of wouldn't mind sharing. So um, when I was in my early 20s, um, my wife uh, at the time and I had had our first child and <clears throat> my wife was a hairdresser and she needed to go back to work two or three days a week. And my mother was like, oh, I'll take the baby for a couple, you know, two or three times a week is just fine. And so she was actually really excited to do that. And um, the Saturday before she was going to start, I I went over to see my mom and she was excited. She'd gotten down all my, a lot of my baby toys and the old baby toys. And she was showing me. And one of them was this old um, green baby swing it's the old ones where you used to crank them up and then you put sure. the baby in a push and it goes swish, swish swish and so she's showing me all this and we went back into the kitchen and we're talking and um all of a sudden out of nowhere i started i i could hear you know swish click swish click and i looked at my mom and we walked into the front room and this baby chair is just going and oh. my mom says did you did we wind that up and just as she says that, or I said that, um, it stopped back all the way, you know, like a hand had grabbed it. And then it lowered down and then gave a shudder like something, like the hand had let go of it. And I'm like, nope, that was just the ghost playing with it. And 
for fun, I wound it up to see if it would go. But without mm-hmm. the weight of a baby in it, it won't swing back and forth. It, it just kind of stops. It's, it, you have to have that weight in it. So um, I found that really interested that, that somehow the ghost was excited, I guess, about having the baby in the house too or something. But um, that was really fascinating. That's um, cool. And the one of the, one of the um, stories that I had happened to me, I guess, Oh, I'm trying to think. That's probably 10 years ago. My youngest at the time was seven or eight. And my parents were on vacation. And whenever my parents go would go on vacation, um, the the activity would always kind of go up a little bit. For, I, they didn't like change whatsoever. Uh-huh. And um, my parents were gone on vacation. And they just asked me to stop in and feed the the cats and check on everything. And so my youngest son... He was like, well, let's have a sleepover and stay up all night and watch movies. And I said, okay, we'll, we'll stay at grandma's house. And of course, by 11 o'clock, he's passed out. And so I carried him upstairs to the bed we were going to stay in. And my mom has, she still has, um, this little Shih Tzu dog. And his name is uh, Bassa. And he usually sleeps with my mom. Um, and so when we stay, he would usually just lay in bed with us too. Um, but so I, I went down to find him and Bassa was in his bed in the kitchen and I, I was like, Bassa, let's go to bed. And he just kind of looked at me and then closed his eyes. And I thought, well, he'll just sleep down here. And so I shut off all the lights and went upstairs and went to bed. Well, about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up to just this horrible racket going on downstairs in the kitchen. I could hear, including Bassa barking his head off. So I went downstairs and as my foot hits the bottom step, um, it goes quiet and Bassa barks a couple times and then it just goes dead quiet. And so I walked in the kitchen and I flipped the light on and then it, I, I immediately knew what the sound was. Every single drawer and cupboard was in a state of being open. So what I could hear was all of these cupboards slamming and the, and the drawers slamming mm-hmm. and... <laughs> I found poor Bassa. He is underneath the table, just shaking, <laughs> just shaking. So I, I, you know, I scooped him up and I checked the doors. I knew they were locked and I knew it was, it was the ghost that had done it. And so I locked all the doors and, or made sure the doors were locked and took him upstairs and, and put him in bed with, with me and my son. My son slept through the whole thing. But, um, in, in what's interesting is I tell people that story and they said, well, what did you do? And I'm, I went back to bed. I was tired. And they're like, you're crazy. I would not stay there. But, you know, I try and explain when you grow up in a situation like that, it's kind of cool because you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. But it's not very, it's not scary because it's happened. Kind of stuff like that has happened my whole life. So, but those were, those were two that really stand out to me in my, you know, being a little bit older that it happened in the house. So. That is cool. That's very cool. Very cool. Let's talk about cryptids a little bit. Mm -hmm. What kind of stories have you come across on those? So um, in northern Utah in particular, well, through a lot of Utah, Bigfoot Mm -hmm. is actually, you know, a big thing. And I'm really kind of amazed at how many Bigfoot stories I've gathered from Utah all over. And... uh, What's really interesting is there's an area not too far from here in 
uh, in northern Utah from me. And um, it's called Beaver Mountain. It's uh, where they ski. It's a, a ski resort up here. And I all of the stories that I've gathered, well, not all of them, but a lot of the stories that I've gathered, um, these are people that don't know each other and really haven't told their stories. But, you know, I can draw probably a, a five-mile circle and they're all within that five mile circle up in that very area. And one of my favorite ones is uh, this gentleman contacted me and they, there's a little um, bed and breakfast kind of thing up there in the mountains. It's a big log cabin that has several rooms and uh, it's called Beaver Mountain too as well. Um, Beaver Mountain Lodge. And um, he was the man, one of the managers, and because it's so far up the canyon, you would stay for three days, and then you'd be off for three days, on three days. And he happened to be on, and he only had one couple that was staying there at the lodge. And so he had checked them in and everything, and he'd gone to bed. And one o'clock in the morning, they're frantic banging on his door. And he comes out, and it's the the gentleman, and he says, we want to check out. And he's like you want to check out now? And he's like, yeah. He's like, is everything okay? Is there something wrong with the room? And he's like, um, there's something, um, outside of the building. And he's like, he finally got it out of the guy that, that they were on the porch and this giant hairy creature had run across the parking lot and they'd seen it and they wanted to leave. So he checked them out and they left threw their stuff in the car and took off. <clears throat> and he kind of shook his head and um, he went into the office to put the um, paperwork away and the light was off in the office and he just walked in to put it in there. And behind him is, was a window that sat up high. And as he put away the paperwork and looked at the wall, he could see this outline of a big silhouette of this head and wow. very little neck. And he kind of backed out of the room and shut the door and he's standing in the hallway and all of a sudden, there's a huge bang on the building, like something hit the building really hard. <clears throat> so he runs up to his room, and he's sitting there, and he's he's now all alone up there. And he's like, you know, do I call somebody? If I do, what do I say? You know, and all of us, just then he notices car lights coming down from the main road. So he goes down, and it's um, highway patrolman. And the highway patrolman asked him if he'd ha if they'd had any complaints. And he said, well, yeah, I had people leave. He's like, what do you mean complaints? And he said, well, we, we got complaints from somebody that somebody in a gorilla suit's been running around Boy. across the road. And he goes, that doesn't make any sense. This is the middle of the week and there's hardly any traffic. Mm -hmm. Nobody would be playing a prank up here in the middle of the mountains. And uh, he asked the highway patrolman, he goes, is there a lot of weird things that go on up here? And the highway patrolman was quiet for a minute. And he's like, we're not really allowed to talk about all of the strange things wow. that go on up here. <laughs> so that's one of my favorite ones from, from that area, for sure. What you would say, you know, like when you talk about that particular area, what do you think is one of the most poignant the stories like you've heard out of the state, Oregon or, or, or Washington state, if there is anything. You know, I'm, I, I don't have a lot of, I don't have any Bigfoot stories from up there. Okay, that's cool. Um, no yeah, it was really interesting. Um, all the ones that, the Bigfoots are stories I have are from Utah and Idaho and Wyoming. Okay, and okay. 
Um, but I do have stories from up there where, um, in particular, this guy and his wife lived in the rural part of Washington, but they went to Seattle for their anniversary. And um, in the middle of the night, he wanted to go get a, a drink for them. So he was walking down the road and, uh, or, you know, on the sidewalk, but it was a really nice part of town. So he felt safe going at night. And all of a sudden, this gentleman steps out in front of him, and he's wearing dark clothes, and he's very pale, and there's just something about his eyes that are really weird. And they lock eyes, and this guy asks him, do you have any extra money? And and the guy said he was in a trance. Like, he wasn't afraid, but he was in a weird trance. He's like, I would have given this guy anything he asked for and he says i know that sounds weird he says not out of fear but out of this weird calm strange almost like i was being hypnotized and so he's like i just handed him his what my, my wallet and the guy laughed and he pulled out and he just pulled out a 20 out of everything in there he goes this is all i need and he gave it back his wallet back to him and he, before he left, he's like, is there anything I can do for you? And the guy's like, no, I'm good. You know, and he it was just, but he wandered back in this weird trance. And it was almost like a vampire. If you've heard of vampires that act, right. can do that to people or something. And I'm not saying that's what it was, but it was something very strange like that. So why do you think people are so fascinated by stories of the paranormal? Um, I think it's this innate feeling inside of us that that we love the unknown, you know. Um, it's the same reason our ancestors went over the next hill. They wanted to see what was over the next hill, just needing uh -huh. to know. And, and because it's something that can't always be explained by science, uh -huh. you know, I think it's just one of those things that's just, we just feel like we need to know we need to understand the world that's around us and sometimes the world around us just doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> so it keeps us going i really think that's what it is being a writer and, and, and talking to people about these stories and maybe going on site just you know to see where they took place or whatever excuse me do you find that things follow you home at all um, I think that there have been things that have followed me home. Um, but I think they were all things from my parents' house, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, because every once in a while I'll have experience with, in my house where, um, I'll hear something or, mm -hmm. um, I'll know it's something from my parents' house because, um, I'll hear my wife come home and then mm -hmm. it's, she's not home. <laughs> that one happens a lot. And so, and then I know, okay, something's come home from, from grandma and grandpa's house, but it'll leave in the next couple of days or something. So, mm -hmm. um, but nothing nefarious I can say is, has, has followed me yet. Cross you my know, fingers, I think so. if, it, if it's like here, I know the ghosts, how they act. Mm -hmm. So I can tell right away if something follows me home that doesn't belong here because they don't act right. Right. You know, and right. so my four neighbors are used to be opening the windows and doors and kicking things out of here. They laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that, you know, that I'm doing that. So, yeah, I mean, especially the work I do, the work you do, you know, you, you got to be extra careful though when you're out, out of these locations. Yeah, exactly. And I actually have 
because of what I've done, I've um, had many people who end up with objects that they don't want and uh -huh. I end up taking them, but um, I have a special way that I keep them <laughs> safe and away so they don't bother me. But um, I've got quite a collection now. And what's funny is um, I, I remarried my wife um, and I married about eight years ago and it wasn't until like maybe a year she knows what i do she helps me she's always cool with that but it wasn't until maybe a year or so ago that she found out that i had those and she was a little she's like what do you mean you have those <laughs> so but uh which was an interesting conversation but everything stays when i keep it where it's supposed to be it it's it minds this business i guess i should say so absolutely now you have a podcast correct yeah, my wife and I do a podcast. It's uh, strangerbridgerland.com, uh, Stranger Bridgerland podcast. Um, and we usually put one out once a week where we just talk about the paranormal and some things that are going on and and where we'll be talking and, and some of the things we've got going on. So, um, yeah, I'd love to have people check that out if they, if they like the paranormal. So, Absolutely. Where can people find you? So you can find me on uh, strangerbridgerland.com uh, and you can contact me through there. There's a way, uh, a section there so you can email me or let me know if you have a story or just want to reach out and say, you know, anything. And um, all of my books are on Amazon under uh, Stranger Bridgerland's uh, book series. And there's, like I said, there's seven of them now and you should be able to find them on there. They're on Kindle and Softback. I do have a few on Audible. I'm hoping to get the rest of them um, eventually on Audible because I know a lot of people like to listen um, uh -huh. more than read sometimes. So hopefully they'll be on there. But those are the best places to catch me. Okay. Last question. If you were on the main drag at Las Vegas and you had a little bookstore with your <laughs> books and there were other authors out there lined up on the street uh, have similar books as as what you have. How uh -huh. do you get people in to buy your books? Oh boy, <clears throat> I think that um, the fact that my books are first person, or my stories are first person, mm -hmm. that they come from the person that it actually happened to, and um, that you know my book has you know forty stories in it. It's not just one big story. It's there's forty stories in it. And one one thing I like to do as a writer is kind of get to the meat, of, meat and potatoes. You know, I like to give some backstory, but I like to get to the spooky parts. And so I hope that's probably how I would do it, let them know about that. And they're perfect for late nights or campfires. Like if you like to tell stories around the campfire, it's, mm -hmm. it's I think it's, I would say it's perfect for that. So, John, I want to thank you for coming on. I so appreciate it. I enjoyed it. The hour went by really fast. I, I just, I just, I just had a blast. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, you. I love the, I love the podcast. I love all of it. You, you do a great job. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hope to get you back on with your next book. You bet. Anytime. Let me know. All right. Sounds good. You have a great rest of your evening, and thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, yeah, that was great. I love hearing stories like that from around the world. I'm just so fascinated by that stuff. Even after doing this for 18 years, ghost stories are always good for me to hear. Okay, tomorrow we're doing a little bit different. 6.30 p.m. Pacific, we'll be back here. Nancy Mance is going to come in tomorrow. Uh, she still can't see. 
So she's going to be doing readings primarily. So get your que- get get your question ready. For, figure out what you want to ask her because she's going to be on doing readings tomorrow. So that's the, that's the big thing on that. So uh, she volunteered to do them. I'm excited. It's kind of fun. We haven't done that in a while. So uh, be prepared for that, you guys. That'll be at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. As you've noticed, I no longer have the five-minute intro. So for the people that are used to having a five-minute lead into this show, it's gone. It's gone. It's 55 seconds now. So you have to be here at 6.30 to get the intro, and the show starts right behind it. So I'll just let you guys know that. So you're going to start seeing some changes to the show in that I'm not going to any longer be doing a bunch of blah blah at the front. You know, as far as the events that are coming up, probably start probably Thursday or Friday, starting midway through the show, there's going to be like like, like pop-ups in the middle of the, you know, at the half hour mark. That will you know that that will talk about those extra things that we have going as a team, so um, that's going to be that's going to be happening too. So I'm just trying to do some tweaking, you know, on the show so that we can get a little more attention over YouTube, get some more love from them. So hopefully it's, it, it starts to work out and and, and stuff. I've just been working different ideas and poor Nancy's been the one I've been throwing these ideas out at you know and whoever's around to listen. <laughs> I feel sorry for you, but uh, yeah. So I'm going to be I'm going to start doing that, and uh, so you're going to see some you know some differences in, in the show. So uh, let me know what you think. If you guys saw the intro tonight, let me know what you think of the intro. You know, do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you think I should change stuff in it? Let me know because I'm because I'm looking to you know tweak it and 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 make it a thing that everybody can like. Okay, all right. So again, I will see you tomorrow at 6:30 p.m. Pacific with medium Nancy Bats. And uh, in the meantime, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Again, we're equal opportunity here. We're just trying to build this up. And, now we're, you know, I'm hoping by Christmas to have a whole thousand subscribers over YouTube. We're getting closer and closer and closer every day with that. So I'm real excited about it. And if you, like, and if you liked it uh, and you're on Facebook, please be sure to hit that follow button. Uh, if you like the show overall, show me some love. Give me a happy face. Give me a thumbs up. Show me hearts. That would, that would be great. I'd appreciate it. All right. Without further ado, I'm getting off of here, and I will show you his information, and we can uh, get on with our evening. How's it sound? Here we go. Website is strange, strangerbridgerland.com. I can't even say that word. And, of course, he has his podcast. Links to the podcast are at his website. And we got the book Stranger World. We've got Stranger West. We've got Shadow, Shadow Rescue. Probably said it wrong. I'm sorry if I said it wrong, you guys. And then Stranger US. If I said that one wrong, I apologize. And we've got Stranger Bridgeland, and we've got Beyond Stranger Bridgeland. And you've got Beyond Stranger US and Stranger Paranormal. And you can either get those links on his website or Amazon. Okay, now that I botched that, hey, it's hot here. This spotlight today is putting off a lot of heat for me. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. It just depends on the day, but this thing is really blasting the liver stuff out of me. Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Have a great rest of your evening.